Hey! We're Kenyon and Takara Martin, faith-based marriage coaches, champions for healthy love, and lovers of pizza. And this is the Ask the Martins podcast, where we answer your single, married, or dating relationship questions. With practical advice and research-based techniques. Have a relationship question you want answered? Well, send us a direct message on Facebook or Instagram at Ask the Martins, or visit us at AskTheMartins.com. Now, let's get into today's episode. You want to read the letter? No, actually, you read the letter because it's a man's letter. We want a man's to read it. Okay, here you go, guys. All right, you ready? Yep. (laughs) This podcast is going to be like, okay, stop, uh, wait, uh, hold up, uh, Okay, okay, we got you. Here we go. That's what editing Dear, is for. Right. Dear Kenyon and Takara, I've been listening to your videos on IG, and I love the balance that you both serve. My wife and I have been married for four years, and I'm ashamed to say it, but I'm tempted to cheat. My wife is an attorney, and I own my own auto repair shop. While it seems like an odd pairing, we actually were the perfect team, and we begun in this marriage with so many goals. Now, she's not the same. She's busy all the time. She's always at work. And even though she's not trying to make partner at the firm, she puts in hours with her senior partner, a dude, like they are plotting to total, uh, uh, plotting a total world takeover. We don't have sex. She's not sympathetic to my needs. I send her flowers and always have something ready for her when she gets home late. I do whatever I can to show her I love her, but it doesn't feel like it matters. And whenever we talk about going to counseling, she says she's she um, she's happy to go, but she doesn't believe I want to go for the marriage. It's more like I just want to go. I want her to change. And to be honest, I do. I feel like she should be doing more to be at home to connect with me. Instead, I feel like we have taken a back. We meaning them to mm-hmm. have taken a back seat to her and to her ambition. We rarely attend church together anymore. And I'll be honest. There's been a lady that definitely notices every time my wife isn't around. At first, it was just fun banter. Why is your good thing always gone? What you, uh, what you do to her? And I found myself defending my position to people so people wouldn't think I was abandoning my wife. Uh, then she started sending me funny memes on Facebook, however that, however you got connected on Facebook, I don't know. Uh-huh. But funny memes on Facebook. A couple of weeks ago, she asked me if she could pray for me. And I'll be honest, I knew this lady had a crush on me, but I missed someone checking in on me. And so we've been in communication, each conversation getting deeper. And I like it. Nothing sexual has happened, but I almost want to. Mm -hmm. Even in this, I've been trying to uh, harder to connect to my wife. And even and I even told her that plenty of women would want a man like me. But instead of it drawing an angry response from her, she cried. But then she never said anything else about it. I don't know what to do. I don't think my wife wants me, and I am ready to cheat. Mm. Yeah. So. Love should about <laughs> you. Oh. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So here's the deal. Hey, uh, hey, Ms. Jones out of Clarksville, Tennessee. So here's the deal. First thing I want to do is I want to address a couple audiences here, because I understand how sensitive. Uh, uh, it is when someone says, you know what, I'm ready to cheat. I'm ready to do something that I know I'm not supposed to do. I know how sensitive that is. So to the audience, that's IG and that's uh, you, YouTube. Um, I know his response sounds terrible, but if you get stuck on the response, you'll miss his total issue. And his issue is an extremely valid issue. Right. I just want to make sure because there is a sensitivity, especially among women who who watches us the most, which I'm glad that we have um, um, uh, men in the audience who reach out to us. I want to make sure that we're not missing the point and automatically judging him for where he's going. I'm going to address this stuff. Right. So don't believe, don't think I'm going to just hop over it, but I want to make sure that we don't get stuck there. It's important because if you get stuck there, you, um, we, we missed the point of letting women see, because we got to unpack this. And women, this is your chance to see what goes on in a man's mind, what goes on in his heart, what goes on and what's going and and, 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 and 
what's hurting him and his pain. And it also gives men an opportunity to see us respond to men since we're usually responding to um, women's letters. Does that make sense to everybody so far? It makes perfect sense. Hey, La- somebody said Delilah is waiting in the cut. Listen, guys, I know I've already seen a couple of questions come through. Do me a favor. If you have a brief question, brief, like one to two sentences, put it in the questions section. We'll get to it after we're done. We do these. We read letters. We answer the letters. And then we get to questions at the end. So if you do have a question, go ahead and drop it in the little question mark area. And we will promise to get to it at the end. Absolutely. Now, another thing, another small audience I want to address is our men audience. Okay, Our male audience. audience. All right. Here's the thing. This is important for you. It's important to understand that we're here to validate your feelings, your concerns, your pains, and your needs. And far too often, because you're a man, you've been told that these things don't matter. And they do matter. So it's important that you're here for this. But it's also important that you understand that the way that I respond to men, the way that I like to interact with men, the way that I like to reach out to men, is helping them understand that they are men. You are a man and you are a husband. And that requires a few additional details and a few additional things that I like to touch base with. As a husband, number one, leadership matters. Number two, accountability matters. And number three, character and integrity as a husband matters. So we're not going to skip over those things in order to heal your need because your need coincides with how those things are interacted with you. Yeah. Does Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. In other, in other, in other words, your feelings matter but your feelings don't excuse bad behavior. So the, what I want to start right now is, let's start with this whole idea of character. I believe when we speak, character applies to both men and women. Don't get me wrong. But because, again, because a man um, wrote this letter and because we're reaching out to him, there's an important addendum that we need to uh, um, address as he is a man. Yes. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I want to make sure that we we make totally clear because I don't want to I don't want to you know mince words with this. Men and women are different, okay. Husbands and wives are different. She's my partner, but even by my side, it's impossible for us to occupy the same space. So because I can't occupy the same space, if I occupy her space, then she has to vacate her seat. Does that make sense? Yes, Lord. And if she occupies my space, then I have to vacate my seat. So there is a specific positions which we sit. And so now I'm I'm speaking directly to the integrity and the character of a man. And I want um, I want you to write this down. Give me one second here. I want any any man who's dealing with this or whoever wrote the letter. I want you to write this down. The character of a husband is not contingent upon the behavior of his wife. The character of a husband is not contingent upon the behavior of his wife. Why? Because character and behavior are two different things. Character will drive behavior. Okay. But the behavior of his wife will expose his character. Wow. That makes sense. That's good. His character isn't contingent upon the behavior of his wife, but the behavior of his wife will expose his character. Okay, a character is the principle of our mentality and disposition resulting in an expression that drives our behavior. So before we behave, we start with our character. All right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it just always reminds me, um, you are very big on the scripture, you know, the like Christ loves the church. Yes. And one of the things you consistently always I'll say preach is that Christ loved us. Christ died for us even when we were an enemy to him. Yes. The character, the character of Christ is always going to be such that when I can't even depend on you, you're going to be able to depend on who I am. Exactly. I am the same in season and out of season. You yes, can, Lord. I might be frustrated with you. I might not like you today, but you, you, you can still count on me being there because my character is there. 
Hey, man. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Like, it just gave me chills. Like, it's, it's just good. Now, here's why this is so important. It's not that we're trying to beat up on men first, but it's one thing that you got to understand, man. You can get into your own way. Here's the reason why. If our character leads us into infidelity, then we'll spend the next, uh, we'll spend time fighting for a marriage that we threw away for a moment. Mm. And when we threw that marriage away for a moment, we also threw our right away to have our pain addressed because we already addressed it. You oh, see what I'm saying? Jesus, say it again. Say it again. When we when we throw away our marriage for that moment, we uh, we throw away our right to have our pain addressed because we've already addressed it. The infidelity is how you addressed it. The infidelity is how you addressed it. Let me and we don't want your character to lead you there because your pain is valid. A man's pain is valid. You see what I'm saying? Your needs are valid. But when you stack stuff on top of those needs, stack crap on top of those needs, stack things on top that creates another problem, we got to handle that problem first before we even get to you. My and, God. and now you feel more backburnered. That's how more. That's how men feel. I go out. I, a woman give me what I need. I get my medication. I come back home. I still want my marriage now that I'm fulfilled in that particular way. But now I have another problem. My wife found out. Now, I can't deal with why I went out there because now I got to deal with me going out there. And that's not fair to you nor your wife. Make sense? Yes. And, and listen, whenever couples come to us and there has been infidelity, mm -hmm. one of the hardest things for the what we call in our book, the transgressor right. to do is sit silent and be like and not have their pain addressed because especially when it was a one-off thing, when you're not a habitual cheater, a lot of times people feel like, but there was a reason. But can we get to the why? If you just understood why, maybe you would understand. Maybe you wouldn't, you know, be like fault me so much if you just understood why. And it's like, no, now and for a very long time, it's not going to be the time for us to address the why because now that puts you in a position to have to justify that. The why doesn't matter because now you've mucked up your marriage to go ahead and, like you said, address the pain in an unhealthy way. Now we have to repair the damage first long before we're even able to address the why. And that's why it's so much better for honestly for you to write this letter and get help before this. Absolutely. Well, in counseling, when we've had men who've had issues who didn't cheat, we, they've been able to been a lot, be a lot more open because they were, were less defensive. Yes. Because they know what they did. Uh, we we have great questions. Terrell asks, how can we be better? At com how can we better communicate the physical wants and needs uh, that he physically wants and needs his wife? Fantastic. Mm. There are. Um, is there a safe way for him to reveal the feelings that he has for other women without destroying Ooh. his marriage? Yes. The, 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 there are ways where he can reveal it, but he should not have them. Um, let me go in. I'm going to go down and I'll be able to answer both of your questions at the same time. Just hang on tight. We're about to get into it now. Oh, I'm, I'm look. I have not heard his response to this. So I'm <laughs> just as excited as y'all. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Now that we've dealt with what character is and why we have to get with, get with character and why character is so important. I want to actually identify where his character has failed him. Does that make sense? Yes. This is very important because it gets to another crux of our answer. So I want to identify the particular areas in where his character as a husband has failed him and where we can just go ahead and hurry up and clean this up before it goes any further. Does that mm. make sense? Yes. The very first place is in what's called self-centered motivations. Self-centered motivations. I'll tell you what I mean. When you said... Um, and when you said that, when this girl was asking you about your wife and you said, and I found myself defending my position so people wouldn't think I was abandoning my wife, mm -hmm. that right there, that little, even though it sounded good, the mentality of defending yourself lets us know that you were self-centered in the, in the process. Here's the reason wow. why. Because you don't have to be self, you don't have to defend your wife. You know that she's at work or as she's at home and she's tired. You know what she's doing. You know she's not doing anything wrong. But because you think she's wrong, now you're going out, you know, with this mindset of I'm missing out. And now you're defending yourself because you feel like you look bad because you're without her. Yeah. The, the quick trick to this is to not have to defend your wife, but to stand as a husband. That is very is very easy. You don't. There's nothing to defend. 
there's nothing there's nothing to defend to people out there. You don't have to worry about how other people think about you. Now, between you two, perhaps there's some issues that you need to resolve. That's fine, but this is nobody else's business, so there's nothing to defend. All you have to do is stand as her, as her husband, stand proudly, and stand boldly. Make sense so far? Absolutely. All right. The second area I showed is, is definitely a break-in character, is entertaining the idea of others. Because as a man thinketh... <laughs> right, right. Now, here's the thing. In there, I heard a lot of, I know that she, I miss her, or, or I miss being, uh, what do you say? We've been in communication. I miss someone checking in on me, and so we've been in communication. You even identified that she may have a crush on you. All that stuff is self-centric. And whether she's innocent or not, your intention is not innocent. And because your intention is not innocent, that's where it drops the ball. Make sense? Yeah. And I think your intention is not innocent because all you're doing is thinking about how her attention to you makes you feel. Right. And I think that's what gets us into this trouble with entertaining the idea of other people. When we get to that point, we're, and I can't say it's innocent, we think it's harmless to have these conversations and to entertain these conversations because if nothing else, at least it just makes us feel good. But what begins to happen is you will immediately over time, not immediately over time, begin to then now compare this other person, this other person checking in Mm -hmm. to what your spouse is not doing at home, to what your significant other is not bringing to you. If you're saying I miss somebody checking in on me, you're already now saying my wife don't care. My wife don't do this. This one over here does this. Let me take you. Let me take you one step further. Take it a step. I'm going to take you one step higher. When you have someone giving you what you wish your wife has, you are tentatively and you are in you are consciously mm-hmm. replacing your wife with her. Wow. So what you're doing is you're putting her in your wife's seat. Yep. Whether she knows it or not. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what that is, that's that that's beginning the process of disrespect for the position of your wife. No one deserves your wife's seat. Make sense? Or husband, but we're talking to the, the brother right now. Yes, sir. Or husband. So we, let's make sure we get that right. Yeah. Okay. But but do you, do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So every time you say they do what I need, you are actually, um, uh, it's like having a um, surrogate. You're having a surrogate wife. Jesus. And you're using them for everything that your wife doesn't give you little by little. And you're taking more and more and more because it feels good. That's why y'all need to stop having these work wives and work husbands at work too, huh? Yeah. But that's another episode. Go ahead. That's a whole different episode. (laughs) Okay. Now, the next area that I really want to get into um, of breaking of character. Again, what we're trying to do is establish a place where he can stand and now he can deal with these situations. The next place of character I want to address is what I call righteous indignation. Mm. Righteous indignation. What does that mean? Um, now, I see a little here, but I've seen it a lot in other places. Righteous indignation is stating everything you've done or are doing for your wife or in the home in contrast to what your wife is not doing. So what this does is, like, for instance, he said things like um, go to church. I send her flowers. I prepare meals. And what this does is it makes her look bad, but makes you look better to those who are listening. All I've heard people, I do this, I do that. I make sure th- this is ready. I make sure this is that's ready. I fix this, I fix that. I make sure all my stuff is done. And what he's actually doing is he's building up a case against her by what he does to her. But the question is, is he doing it for her or is he doing it for himself? Yes. Because the next, the next area of building this kind of case is when you say that out loud, when you speak that to your wife or speak that to somebody else to make her look lower, the next thing is it makes you feel better about the decision that you're about to make it actually gives you the opportunity to mentally to 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 terribly um validate maybe i do need maybe i am good enough for somebody else does that make sense it does you know what this makes me think about um i won't name the name of the couple even though they're they were on tv and this was played out on um reality tv Mm -hmm. there is a couple 
where the wife was always gone, the husband was at home, right? The husband's career wasn't as going as far as the wife's. So he was always at home with the kids, always doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And he kept making statements like, um, you know, basically like, why are you always gone? Why are you always doing this? Now, you know, the whole brunt of your household is supported by her career and her having to be gone as a singer, right? And so he's, he's you know, getting mad and really honestly tox- in a toxic way, making her feel guilty for having a career and supporting the family. And when that was all going on, I'm like, this brother's setting her up to justify why he cheating. Exactly. This brother, is, and it's when it's toxic and you begin to break someone down for doing exactly what they were doing when y'all got married. It wasn't like anything changed. Like, right. this is exactly what they were doing when you got married. And then, like, why you are, it's gone, why you this? And then, like, literally huff and puff, get mad, will refuse to go see her. Like, all that was going on, I'm like, this is a setup to cheat. And all they begin to do is catalog everything that they do and that they did for them to make them feel good. But then in the back of it, it was like, and then what? The next season, you found out the dude cheated multiple times. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's what righteous indignation does. Righteous indignation, is, it's, it sets you up. And, and f- allow me to use a political uh, word. You, actually, 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 never mind, because you just laid that out. You just laid that out. That's very true. It sets you up to be able to validate mm-hmm. making bad decisions. The last area, so don't do that. Okay. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> okay. And so number four, um, the, uh, this is the it last wasn't place. Tamar. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last place I'll go as far as character that I really want to shore up for this young man is that he said, I even told her that plenty of women want a man like me. Woo, fighting words. Those aren't just fighting words, but let me be honest with you. That's abuse. Because the problem is, is that. Um, you leverage your relationship and opportunity as a way to manipulate, emotionally manipulate her. She wasn't angry. She just cried. Remember that? Mm-hmm. That's not good. That's what's called emotional abuse. What you want is to get a rise out of her. And the problem is, is that you're leveraging the opportunities that you really actually um, subconsciously want in order to see if it'll make a, if it'll make a difference. Yeah. And that's how I'll know you will come back and try to fight for this marriage if you made that mistake because of things like that, okay? And you don't want to do that, right? Yes. Um, it's also, it, what this also does is it subliminally announces what you're preparing to do so you can say, well, I told I you. I told you. And you don't want to do that. You want your character and your integrity to be wrapped around being a husband. And if your character and integrity is wrapped around being a husband, that is not an option and it's not necessary to even speak of. As a matter of fact, it one of the best things you could do to shore up some things with your wife, and I know I'm uh, putting the cart before the horse and we'll get down there in a minute, but one of the best things you could do, at least instead of telling her this, saying, hey, listen, I know we got problems, but I'm here with you. Yeah. I'm here for you. I stand for you. Because the more you make her insecure about you, what makes you think she's going to want to do and give you the things that you're asking for? Make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's very, very, very important. So now, now that all that said, any question that you have? No, no, okay. I, don't, I don't have. And any we'll questions. we'll begin to take questions. I still have Tyrell over here, and I still have uh, Leo over here. So I want to definitely hit those. But let's get now that that character issue is out the way. Now that we can say, be a husband, stand where you are. You're not. It's not predicated up on her behavior. Your integrity and character must stay intact, right? Yes. Now that we're there, let's talk about what's really bothering you, what's really hurting you, and what you need, what we need to get resolved, right? Mm-hmm. There are three things I identify, or two things I identified here: her ambition and her lack of attention to you. Those are the two things basically that that we pulled out from, or that I pulled out, extracted from the letter, is that. You have a problem with her ambition and you have a problem with her lack of attention to you. Let's talk about ambition. The issue is not your wife's ambition. Like you said earlier, it was the same ambition from the beginning. You owned an auto shop. She's an attorney. You don't ever want to cheat on an attorney, dog. I'm just saying. (laughs) But she's an attorney. Now check this out. You completed whatever you did she had yet to complete whatever she did. 
you were partners professionally. You were a power couple in a sense that you said it. But the problem is now that she has to do what she has to do without you and you're filling her absence. But not only are you filling her absence, you're filling that she doesn't need you. And it's not that she don't need you, but she there's nothing you can do for her attorneying or right. in, in the law practice. Like you can't build a legal practice with her. Right. But in addition to that, wow. she's working with a senior partner. And so now you feel like that she has a new partner and that partner isn't you. Now, I, this is a very valid point. This is a very valid point. Because if I feel like how we came together is what we build upon and that's what you are attracted to, Mm -hmm. then I'm always going to feel like if I'm not there with you, you're being attracted to someone else who's there with you. Yes. That's a very valid and very human point. Because it's it's going off of the assumption that says she's only attracted to me when we're building together. Right. Right. Because that's what they saw as a value. Right. That's that's what that's what made that's what defined them as a power couple. That's what defined them together. That's That's what he that's what he started out with. That's good. And so we're going to have to rearrange that. You're going to have to find a different definition for who you are as a husband and who you are as a team and a partnership. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's talk about the attention piece. You need her attention. You do need her attention. That's very important, especially four years in. You need to make sure that she's down for you. I get it. That's definitely. But that need for attention is compounded when you feel like you're not wanted and you're not needed. So you go from my need to my neediness. Wow. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Now, it's not it's not a bash. It's not a it's not a, a low blow, but it's very it's understanding that you're sensitive in that area of need. Because now you're not, you don't feel like you're needed, right? Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So that's very important. So, and and then that makes you want to, uh, you want her presence with you a lot more. You want her to focus on you a lot more. You want her sex. Not only do you want her intimacy. Now listen to this. When it comes to sex, he, I want your intimacy. Yes, I need that intimacy. Mm-hmm. But you got to understand when a man is in a fragmented place, when a man is in a frustrated place, sex plays a very therapeutic role for the way that he's built. So that's another that's another piece that that has to be touched and we're going to touch on that as well. Are you going to touch on it again later? Um I will a little bit, but you can hit it now if you got something on your heart, girl, speak it. Well, I want to well, look, I want to see where you're going first before I jump in there. Um yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll wait till the, I just saw where you're going. I'll wait till the end. Okay, fantastic. So let's deal. Let's deal with these things. Okay, let's deal with these things. As a matter of fact, I think somebody else was jumping ahead too. Heather Langster. She said something happened in the marriage for the intimacy to stop. Can you try to unpack that issue? Yes, I can try to unpack it as much <laughs> as possible. We'll touch it on. We'll touch on it. I can't because we're not talking to her, and this is one sided. I can try to unpack it as best I can. But you are absolutely right. Yeah, something, something happened. Something happened. Um, okay, Ooh, it, mm. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm like, it's burning on you. Well, and chances Speaking. are, especially <laughs> coming, for women, for, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> it's right there. It's right, it's right there. It's right there. It's right there. It's right there. Sorry, we're stupid tonight. But what happens? For women, typically, for intimacy to have left. Are you going to change the camera on me now? Yeah, I want it on you. For intimacy to have left um, in a woman in that situation, chances are she felt how he was feeling. And I can even tell you from reading the letter, you could hear something was off because for her to just cry. Like, if you tell me that other women want a man like you, a a smooth shoe will go flying across your head. You understand me? A smooth (laughs) shoe. So for her to not get angry and for her to cry, there's something so much more that I feel like, especially strong women, a lawyer, strong women, to make a woman like that who is a powerhouse cry, that means there are things being compounded that she can't even speak to, so she just cries. So for that to be the situation and you don't feel any intimacy, there's so much more happening that you don't see, but you're only focusing on yourself. So I absolutely something else has happened that keeps intimacy at bay right now. Absolutely. So let's start with the answers. The first answer is the answer that was listed in the letter itself, counseling. Absolutely. Obviously, counseling is going to be a necessary thing or coaching, which is what we do. Now, here's the thing, though. Counseling is not just for her. It's for you both. Here's why. 
So here you are at work, school or home or somewhere you can't really talk, but you are going through it. Confusion, breakup, self-doubt, worry, whatever it is, you have an urgent need, but you can't really talk to anyone right now. What do you do? Easy. You start texting. You reach out to a friend or someone you trust in a way that lets you stay where you are, but address the madness. People do this every day. And now we can proudly say many people have trusted and turned to us to chat daily. We're Kenyon and Takara Martin of Ask the Martins, and we've been able to bring insight, guidance, and down-to-earth chat support to the emerging needs of others right where they were. We were there for them, and we can be there for you. It's called a fire chat. Ask the Martins Fire Chat is a text coaching service that can be where you are. Fire Chat allows us, Kenyon and Takara, to be that comforting friend, that close confidant, and a real-time coaching counsel that you need, privately, silently, and urgently. Next time you need to chat, schedule a Fire Chat session with Kenyon and Takara. You'll be glad you did. Go to askthemartins.com and schedule your fire chat session today. All appointments are scheduled first come, first serve. She alluded to the need for counseling beyond her when she said, but you don't want counseling for the marriage. Mm -hmm. She already identified like, yeah, we need counseling. I'm cool with counseling. We need it for the marriage. And then you and then she said, but you don't want it for the marriage. You want it to fix me. And then you said, yeah, I I want I I can't help it. You know, you might not have said it directly to her. But and you you said, yeah, I can't help it. I do want to fix her. And that's the number one problem. Whenever. Listen, 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 listen. In general, husbands and wives, we always want to go into counseling not to fix somebody else, but to fix us. What part do we play? But even more so as leadership, as husbands, mm. whenever you're looking outside of you to fix somebody outside of you and and you're leaving you entirely alone, then what you're chancing is that you are pointing a finger of blame at her. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you're already saying there's nothing wrong with me. And I'm not going to lie. When husbands and wives enter, unless it's unless it's a pretty self-aware gentleman, when husbands and wives enter into counseling, usually depending on who called, whoever called is usually saying there's nothing wrong with me. Right. (laughs) Fix that. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But men are even more reluctant because we don't want to expose what could be wrong with us. And the problem is, is that real counseling doesn't focus just on what the man is going to do. Real counseling is focusing on you both because your marriage is not a marriage. It's not something outside of you. Your marriage is who you are. That's your commitment. And so your marriage can't be fixed unless both of you are tweaked in some way. So if sending your wife, sitting in counsel, sitting in counseling and taking notes down for your wife to do homework just for you is the worst kind of attitude in which to go into counseling. It's the worst. (laughs) Because what you're doing is you're setting your you're setting your wife up to fail because you're con- now you're using um, and narcissism is called triangulation. But basically, uh, and I'm not saying you're a narcissist, but I'm just saying that's that's where we get this term right. from. What you're doing is you're using someone outside of y'all in order to further suppress or oppress her, right? Or to beat her up because she's not treating you right. Does mm, that's that make so sense? Good. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Um, the second area I want to address real quick is your insecurity and your jealousy. Mm-hmm. I get the insecurity. I get why you're insecure. Um, the problem is uh, you're driven there because you don't see what she's doing. You can't see what she's doing. Um, and you really want her there with you. And really, you're not even questioning whether she's having a an affair. What you're really questioning is what, what the biggest part is, is that she doesn't need you. Okay, and I can see that all you know is that your wife is persistently without you. And that's a problem. All right. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to we're going to work on fixing that. Well, here's the remedy. Um, The remedy for for the whole idea of insecurity and and, and your jealousy that you're having 
is number one is you want to get more involved just because you can't help her do her attorneying or her lawyering or <laughs> whatever it is. Attorneying. <laughs> just because you can't help her in that capacity does not mean you can't be a help for her. Mm-hmm. It men, men, brothers, brothers, it's okay to support your women and your wives in what they do. Let me tell you something. You know what the ultimate panty dropper is? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> help. <laughs> <laughs> help is the ultimate panty dropper every time this man does anything around the house lord have mercy to help every time he goes to the store every time he does anything because the one thing about Kenyon and i and how we work together is that he is very much majority of a lot of the creative stuff i am a lot of the business and techie stuff and so most of the time my brain is working in a completely different way than his when he knows he, totally different he, he knows and he can tell when i even though we're home he can tell when i am not present and so one of the things because it's not abnormal like this is not an abnormal fight to have about being left out and not being needed and i feel like early on for us when i was just going ahead and doing things and changing things and rapid fire moving stuff around we very much had a very similar disagreement. And so it was like, it's not abnormal. I think that the thing is, is that literally he asks all the time when I tell him, I'm like, all right, like I literally can tell him like, I feel an anxiety attack coming on. He was like, how can I help you? How can I help? What can I do? Like what's happening? What's going on? If stuff is going on corporately, like I tell him, like he will sit on his therapy couch and let me vent to him about what's happening. Even when it's getting on his nerves, like there are so many things that you can do to be a partner to somebody who is doing something outside of you other than just y'all being in the streets and looking good for the gram as a power couple. And let me t- every time he does that little extra, <laughs> this is a panty dropper. You understand me? I think it's important for men to understand that being supportive is not a subordinate position. And that's what we've been taught because we've been wanting women to support us and cheerlead yes. us. And we think we think athletically. We think from a perspective of I'm on the court and I'm making the buckets and I need you to wave your pom-poms. But at the end of the day, you really need – you really – that's not a bad position. That's not a subordinate position, and that's not a belittle position. And if that's the only position you can play, you need to get all ahead and you need to um, dress up and get in there. I remember, okay, th- this is going to be such a corny, corny, corny word picture. This is stupid, okay. but I got to say it because I thought about it, right? Okay. Remember old school WWE or WWF wrestling? Yes. WWE, and because and, I don't watch it now. But I remember back in the day where you had the face, the baby face, the good guy, right? And he was getting beat up. He was getting beat up by the bad guy. And he's on and he's on the he's on the um he's on the ground. Uh-huh. And then that crowd starts to chant. And he mm-hmm. starts to get strength from the chant. <laughs> <laughs> As they chant more and more, he starts to get strength. And then all of a sudden he has this crazy comeback, right? Yeah. Well, like- we know that's we know that's scripted, but it's still the, the point is, is that she can gain strength from your chant, but you got to be in her corner rather than in your own. I have a question about that. Do you think also, and I don't know if you have this, so forgive me if I'm too early. No, you don't. You just go ahead and roll with it. Do you think also he needs to shift because you said something earlier about men you are used to being in the position where the wife is supporting him and lifting him up and pushing him, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think he also needs to shift his mentality about the man and woman's place in the home that may be contributing to his uh, jealousy in that direction as well? It's a it's a possibility. It's a perspective. I know that I know a lot of men who your don't... sister said yes. That's corny. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> so, so there, um, I know a lot of men who do a lot of oh, a lot of work. I, I know a lot of men who don't have problem with roles. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a need to shift the perspective, absolutely. But more than likely, when you see a woman who is ambitious, who is educated, and who is driven in such a way that she's continuously and consistently working in a very big way trying to take over the world, then what happens is is that you start feeling less of a man. You start feeling yeah. less needed rather than less of a less that 
like you're not fulfilling positions. Does that make sense? Yeah, perfect sense. Perfect example, Takara has a higher, a stronger ambition when it comes to business. She's rocking too right now with us, and but she does so, so well. And so my goal is to promote and do whatever I can and the other thing that I ain't got nothing to do with because that's not, that's not my strength. Yeah. But let me tell you what gets me past that as well. And I'm going to ask him his, this question. Are you done professionally growing? Oh, that's good. The problem is, is that when you're done with whatever you're doing, you expected her to be done with whatever she was doing. And the thing is, is that she's still going forward and you've stopped. You've let you've lost ambition. That's that could be a problem. That's good. When Takara is out doing what she's doing, I'm 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 a head guy. So I'm either studying, I'm learning, I'm watching videos, I'm doing stuff, I'm everywhere. Because mentally speaking, I'm always constantly taking something in Mm -hmm. that's gonna make me a better servant for you guys or make me a better servant and and therapy or in not therapy, definitely not there, and coaching and counseling. Does that make sense? Yes. But when you are not, my mama used to say this all the time. If you mind your own business, you wouldn't be have to you wouldn't be worried about hers. <laughs> and 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 she was talking about my sister. And that's a big that's but that's a really big piece of um of wisdom in the sense that if I don't have any business, I'm bored with my life. I need you to love me. Mm. If I don't have any business, I'm done. I've succeeded, so we succeeded. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. That's good. And that's unfair for her because both while you both professionals, both professions have two different categories and uh, of, of what success might look like. Never, ever, 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 ever step on your wife's brilliance. Because the moment you step on her brilliance, you will now have you will either suppress her or push her away. Never do that. What you want to do is you want to harness it in a way, not harness it because you don't control it, but you want to you want to appreciate it. Mm. You want to appreciate it in a way that it is appreciated. Get that? That's good. When you value her, she gains value. Appreciate her brilliance in a way that it appreciates. That's, That's dope. Amen. That's dope. You are absolutely dope. So, <laughs> so what you want to do, number one, is get more involved with in what she's doing. Make way, make space for, make your space in her life. Sit up a chair. Bring her something to eat when she's working late. Ask her about how her day went. Ask her about what, just because you don't understand it don't mean you're not interested. When you find interest in her, you will find a place with her. And you did that when you were dating four years ago. It's that easy. Right. 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 The problem is, is we gotten familiar and we gotten comfortable and we expected just to just the hot buns served up on the platter. That's not how it works. You still got to date your wife. You still got to date your husband. Makes sense. That is so good. Yes. OK. Now, what you want to do is you want to have a sit down with her. Now, what we do is we teach couples how to talk to each other in a way that allows them to say what they need without beating each other up. You want to sit down with your wife and tell her what you need. But here's what you don't do. I'm just going to go ahead and nip this in the bud. You don't want to lecture her like she's a child. Mm -hmm. Okay. You don't want to berate or condescend her. Just because you're hurting doesn't mean that you punish her. Your needs are your needs, and that's okay to have those needs, but she may not be aware of those needs. And even if you've spoken to them a few times, she may not understand how to be aware of those needs. And to be honest, she you might not have allowed her to be aware of those needs because she's been defending herself from you. So she'll listen to you but tune you out. Yes. Because you're berating her and you're talking down to her and you're telling her how many other people want you other than her. And you're doing you're going through all these motions and all that stuff doesn't get anything done. All it does is it beats her up so she can feel just as bad as you do. And then it tells her that perhaps I'm not right for him. One day, if you keep beating her up, she's going to believe you. Don't do that. Trust me on that. You trust me. Trust me. Trust me on that. All right. You keep beating her up with your words and she's going to believe you. All right. So the thing is, is you want to sit down and you want to talk to her and you want to tell her. Baby, baby, how would you say it? Huh? How would you say it? <laughs> how, how would you say it, baby? Go ahead. I just, I just want to, you know, if it was okay. me. If it was you. Uh-huh. 
All right. <laughs> you stupid. Oh my god. All right. Don't edit this out. Don't edit this. Okay. I'm not. So, um, I will say, hey babe, can we can we talk for just one minute? All right. Absolutely. I need your undivided attention. I miss you. I miss you. Um, it's been boring without you. I miss hugging you, and I miss your attention. All right. Now. I need you. I, I know you're busy, but I need you. And I can't function without you. And I'd like to create a way where we can be us even while you do you. Aww. And I think a good way for a wife to respond should be something along the lines of, for me, I'm all about questions. Like, what do you miss the most? Like, what what, what do you think we can do? I know there's been, That's good. I know there's been a separation. I felt it for a long time. What can we do in order to start right now? What do you think you need most from me? And then kind and then of, it, then it works from there. And, okay. Instead of jumping to a defense, well, you know, I'm working on the time. You know, I do this. I've been here. I've done this. The worst thing you can do to somebody, especially a man, when he comes to you with his heart just like holding it out to you, yes. that is the most vulnerable place that he can be because it's saying that when a man says, I need you, I miss you, trust me, that's a vulnerable place. The worst thing you can do is meet it with defensiveness. Takara is guilty of having done that. So I always try to... Okay, just so I understand, just so we're clear. But I'm very much a person that I want to. I don't want to respond with a question to make sure that I understand that. But then, okay, what can I do to make this better? Absolutely, and it works. So, so it takes the proper disposition of both of you, not just one of you, because one person can't build or heal a relationship. It mm -hmm. does take the proper disposition for both of you. What we do in counseling, like for instance, everything that I'm saying here, I'm saying it because it's fired. Is it, we're, we're firing it off. Right. What we do in counseling is instead of saying all these different points, we tend to build people up through these points. Yes. So we don't actually give them the bookends of this is what needs to change. We help build them up. So we teach them ways in which to do that. Makes sense? Yes, absolutely. All right. So have a sit down. Now, another thing I want to say to our Christian folks, everybody out here ain't Christian. So just hang on for a second. Be patient <laughs> with me because I want to talk to my Christian folks for a moment. Yes. Christian folks, Whenever we sit down to have talks, I got to tell you the theology of talking is way too much. <laughs> we talk too much. Let me make sure you understand what I mean when I say that. You are, um, what, what is that? <laughs> what is that? You are, we, what we do is we spend time claim, naming and claiming our spouse and what they need to do. Then when our spouse doesn't meet our need, we, we begin to uh, rebuke them and then put blessed that, oil on a <laughs> pillow we fasting and praying on their behalf right 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 but we do so much talking that we forget the process of how to act loving how to mm. act what we need yes Lord. we forget the process as husbands how to lead in love because we're talking about too much about being loved we got to stop beating each other up with words <laughs> i know that's been a part of our literal theology for for a long time um especially since, in the church where it's like we're talking about taking authority yes. right walking into a situation and taking authority and that has made i'm sorry it's made it especially wives i've seen some very authoritative wives in the church walk in and take authority and run their husband out the door too so like i'm and i'm speaking from women <laughs> men also y'all <laughs> y'all i wish <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you're going to take it from. Right, right. <laughs> like we walk in. So husbands, you know, do the same thing, especially in this. And I'm, I'm actually honestly kind of proud that somebody would write this instead of like stomping around the house and trying to take authority over the wife, too. Because I think th there, there's something to be said for somebody who has a restraint enough to at least not do that, too. Right. Because men have been easy. Men have easily been lured into the place of being a chess beater. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And we've been lured into the place of this is my rightful position. Right. Um, let, let me be honest with you guys. No one 
everybody has a choice in this relationship. Right. So it's best to deal with someone as if they have the choice than to demand from them as if they don't. Because right. you will find out really quickly the kind of choices they do have. It's treating a human like a human. Yes. It's treating a wife like a wife. It's loving. The reason my wife loves me is because I gave her the choice to love me back um, and, and be safe in loving me back. She's not forced to love me back. She's not, you know, she doesn't feel like if I hurry up and if I don't, if I hurry up and love him, then I don't have to hear from him. Right. So she's not tied into some kind of disposition of avoiding me to love me back. I made it safe for her to love me. Mm-hmm. I made it safe for, for her to be who she is. I made it safe for her to make mistakes. And so when you make things safe for your spouse, then they're more willing to be open and vulnerable to you. So that's the opposite of what you said to women. Yes. Making it safe for men to be vulnerable. On the other end of that, men making it a safe place. Not every time you talk, every time you turn around, if you're lecturing this woman, then then what makes you think we're going to get to the next part, which is sex? Sex. What makes you think that a woman wants to sleep with you after being berated, talking down to, and told that somebody else would rather sleep with you? Yeah. Women don't function like men. Not sexually. Women do not function. Yet women got needs. Don't get me wrong. Women got needs. However, you can, you can mess up those needs because a woman is, I always say this, a man is a sexual creature. But a woman is holistically sexual, right. meaning that every part of her is sexual. So if you mess her, if you mess with her head, you're not going nowhere else. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Listen. How she feels about you is how she, how much she wants to be with you. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Women are sexual juggernauts. Once you got you a good, once you, once you, once you got her, and you, and she's in love with you. There's little she won't do for you mm-hmm. if she's feeling you. But once you begin to berate her, condescend, once you begin to tell her everything that she's not doing, once you begin to punish her with your words, punish her even when you're being passive aggressive. And, you know, sometimes men do this. Men will not say nothing. Ain't nothing wrong with me. What do you want to eat or what you want? I mean, you know, ain't nothing right, wrong with me. Right, right. Once you mess with her atmosphere. Now, I'm not saying that that you have to, in order to make her atmosphere right, you have to um, bypass what you need. I'm not saying that at all. There's ways in which to deal with that. But what I am saying is once you do mess with her atmosphere, and just like, let's see, um, once you mess with her atmosphere, you're messing with her ability to be with you. Just like, um, who said that? Said that? Said Heather. that? Said that? Heather. Was it Heather? Just like Heather said, right? Um, something happened to make her not want to sleep with you. Right. Okay. Something happened to make her not want to be intimate with you. Okay. You don't want to put yourself in a place of bitterness towards your wife and resentment towards your wife and disrespect towards your wife because she'll take that and she'll process that and she'll deliver the same to you in distance. Mm-hmm. The more you you think you're pulling her closer by struggling with her. Listen. The more you struggle with her, the more she'll turn that struggle into an escape plan. Do you understand? You don't want to struggle with your wife. You don't want to struggle in that way. We're all going to struggle with each other, but there are different ways which we can do it that are healthy ways that that your pain can still be addressed. Hey, man, Jamaica says, stop disturbing her peace if you want a peace, huh? <laughs> Flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. You hear me? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm tired. You are not. I'm now. Here's what I would do. I, I don't want to leave it at him. These are things that we would, if we were able to speak to her. Usually, here's the thing: when guys reach out, I usually require or not require, but I usually request to see if we can t- connect with her. Because usually, you guys are really trying to get her back. But, yes. But when guys reach out, I usually try to see how we can interact. I don't we yeah. don't we don't go, we don't really usually go that far with women. We usually go the extra mile with men. And here's the reason why, because there's a point of leadership to that. There's a point of character to that. And there's a point that he needs to understand the part that he's playing in her distance. You see what I'm saying? Right. And I just I just like men understand teaching moments. And so that's what I like to give them. But 
if we had the opportunity to talk to her, I would tell her a few things as well. Number one is prioritize your husband. Prioritizing your husband does not prohibit or inhibit you from doing what you're doing. It means put him on your calendar, put him on your clock. That's all that means. Sometimes reach out to him in the middle of a busy day. Do whatever you need to do to let him know that he is present with you even when he's not there with you. Go ahead. Finally, feel like I have something to offer here. Um, <laughs> I wanted to comment because you, the first thing you said was prioritize your husband. Prioritize your husband. Yeah, you was about to get into that. <laughs> I was about to get into this because I think it's really important as busy women um, when you're working, especially right now during the time of COVID. I think there are also all sorts of emotional depression and things like that that are going on that that's making people question and second guess themselves. Right. Right. But one of the things that I do. Again, King and I can be in the same house. He on one floor and I'm on the other. And literally, I will be so busy that I can tell that I've been distant from my husband. And so for me, because I can get locked in and in the zone, prioritizing my husband means checking in like, babe, I love you. I will go all the way to the basement just to give him a kiss just because it's something that I need to make sure that he realizes that I may not be here right now, but you're always going to be top of my mind. So like, you're always going to be a priority to me. And that's something that, and like, even if you have to program it into your phone, I right. tell people this all the time. It's creating a habit to say, check in, creating a habit to say, okay, I know I got a lot going on, but man, when was the last time I checked in with my husband? Let me just call. Let me just text. Like whatever you need to do to make that a priority. Prioritize doesn't mean you drop everything at work in order to stroke somebody's ego. That's placating something that, you know, you're really not supposed to be doing. Right, what right. it says is that letting your spouse know that at any given moment, you are always on my mind and you're top of mind to me and you should know that I'm thinking of you even when I'm not with you. Absolutely. And then on the other end of that, what I do is I don't bother her. <laughs> that is very important because if, if, if every time she gets busy and I begin to bother her, that's me pulling her away from what, what, what she's doing, number one. She's, she's going to constantly have anxiety because she's always going to wonder what I want. <laughs> and then what happens is I become needy wanting to be catered to regardless of what she's doing. Mm -hmm. And that's not a good habit to uh, develop. Okay. That's is, is not good to develop. So what I do is when I see her busy, Oh, you on the phone? Okay. I'll talk to you later. Blow her a kiss. And then I roll out. Yes. But I make sure she understands that there is no problem between us just because she's doing what she's supposed to do. Yeah. There's no, there's no problem there. I'm, I'm And I'm just, I'm just not, I'm, I am an, a, I love attention, but I am not needy. I need that, that, that's that's a part of who I am. I love attention. I am high maintenance when it comes to, to attention, but I understand where it is and where it needs to be. Yes. Does that make sense? That is good, yes. All right. The second thing I would tell her is to have some transparency. Now, I while I know that she is not doing anything or we assume that she's not doing anything with the senior partner or whatever the case may be, but what I would do is I would have her be a little bit open about inviting her husband there or a little bit open about just touching base with her husband and say, okay, we're, we're doing this. I'll be home in about 20 minutes. Or just to, just some tra not transparency and like – just to check in, just to make sure he knows I'm not doing nothing, but transparency in a sense that he is a part of my day. Yes. Does that make sense? Absolutely. The third thing I will have her do is to make room for him. What I mean by that is that if there's something that he can do, tell him to do it. Yeah. He bored. <laughs> he need to go cut some grass or something. But, yeah. the, <laughs> but, the, but at the end of the day, um, she should be able to create some room for him so that he still feels like he's a part of her dream. Yes. And it's very important. And for those of you who are joining and didn't see the first part of this, the full thing will be on YouTube here shortly. But um, one of the things that I think is very important for women to understand with your spouse, again, we are not telling you to placate something, to manufacture something or whatever. Um, this is these are just tools for helping you connect with your husband in this situation right here. But when. Uh, we say make room. Is that where make uh -huh. room, right? Okay. So making room is definitely the best way to say, it. I need you. 
Like, let your man know that you need him. And there are things I'm certain that a lot of times we women, especially the us ambitious women, um, a lot of us are probably type A, control freaks, like all of that stuff. When you're that way, it's very hard for you to ask for help. And so making room for your husband in these situations, my strong ladies, my ambitious ladies, is also making room and making space in your head to say that it's okay to ask him for help. It's okay to need him. It's not going to bug him. It's not going to, you know, inconvenience him. Like, and then actually take a step back and say, like, if there are things at home, if there are things, you know, home maintenance, whatever, that are like literally bringing you anxiety because, you know, you can't get to find ways to tell him that you need him and it's yeah. not patronizing him it's legit being a partner to your spouse absolutely personally need him find ways to professionally need him if you need him to run some papers from here to there whatever the case may be that's what i would tell her um number four thing i would tell her is to stop holding back and get that brother a little give piece. him some <laughs> give him some now i say that with the caveat the, the, the thing is, is that I understand that there might be reasons why they aren't, why she, why she doesn't feel intimately attracted to him, mm-hmm. affectionately attracted to him. If that's the case, I wouldn't force the situation because that's not going to be good for her. She'll, she'll attach intimacy with her. She'll attach intimacy to him with pain from him. You see what I'm saying? Mm. She'll attach that to his attitude. So whatever the issue is that's creating the barrier between that um, that uh, that affection between the two, what we would say is that let's talk that let's talk that out. Let's counsel that. Let's walk through that. Let's create an opportunity so that you can give this brother that wonderful wonderful therapy. Oh, can I, <laughs> can I just say something there yeah. too? Yeah. I think when all of our emotional stuff has been taken care of when our emotional needs are met. It is very important, ladies, wives, to get in touch and learn the sensual side of you, especially as a strong, powerful woman. Um, There is something to be said for a woman who has a powerful job, powerful position, whatever it is that she does, that still knows how to be soft soft be soft somewhere and seductive (laughs) to that husband (laughs) learn about the sensual side of things i think when we go so hard corporately in our careers and whatever we become hard everywhere and it's challenging to kind of relax that and even in those positions uh let go ahead let baby lead you in some things huh like go ahead like seriously like begin to release inhibitions in that area to be able to lay that down and, and be as yeah soft and sensual for him absolutely now casey asked this question what if the reason for being intimate is abuse then for not you, being intimate for not being intimate i'm sorry is abuse then we're that, not talking to you we we, we want to <laughs> we don't we don't want you to force that on yourself that At all that will ruin your psyche what needs to happen is to deal with that abuse first and then create the atmosphere wherewith you want to be into intimacy. It has to be a choice. Intimacy has to be a choice. It can't be nothing other than a choice. And if it's forced, once we get to a place that we do it and we forced or forced ourselves, what happens is is that now we attach pain to what should be love. Mm-hmm. We attach pain to the physical manifestation of love. And neither one of them should be painful, emotionally painful in that way. Right. So right. If, if, it's, if it has to do with abuse, deal with the abuse first. That's very important. I do not ever want anyone to walk away and feel like, especially because I know that this is one of the things that the church has done when, re, when regarding sex. The church says sex is bad, sex is bad, sex is bad. Then when you get married, do it. Do it, do it, do it. He ain't acting right, do it. He, he don't yes. treat me right, do it. No. No, 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 no. Okay? He has to treat her right. What if he mentally abused her? Same Same difference. Yeah, it's the same. Abuse is abuse. Yeah. Whether it has mental scars or physical scars, abuse is abuse. And mental abuse is even more, mental abuse is deeper. 
I'm not saying physical abuse isn't deep because what happens with physical abuse, physical abuse comes with mental abuse in the t- in tow. But it's the mental part of it that creates the problem of us of our ability to respond and react to what love is on, on any level. That's so good. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So any abuse, no good. Don't force love. Don't don't you don't you start falling for the whole your body his body type thing you know the script Ephesians right. yeah, no, no. we we not we not we not throwing scripture in order to promote abuse mm-hmm. we're not using scripture in order to promote rape we are not using scripture to, in order to promote well the, god does not want love to hurt mm-hmm. if it hurt jesus so that we wouldn't have to so don't put yourself in a position where love needs to hurt in order for you to prove that you're his, his, his wife Thank you for listening to the Ask the Martins podcast, recorded live on social media and distributed to iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and Audible. Now, we can't grow without you, so help spread the love. Wherever you found us, rate, like, share, and leave a review. We are grateful to you and appreciate you in advance. Do you have a question for us? Then visit askthemartins.com ask us your question or ask for a friend once again thank you for tuning in to ask the martins podcast we hope you enjoyed the program